Hello. Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in his gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. people lifting up their voice and there is a cry for justice and oftentimes in that cry of justice you often hear the chorus no justice no peace and and in that cry it's a cry that says man how can we experience peace if there is no justice and so deep down on the inside, I believe so many of us, we, we know what it's like to experience that disequilibrium, and inwardly we cry out for peace. Deep down on the inside, that's what we all want. Even if it's not the macro issues taking place in society, it's the things in our home, it's our relationships. We want to experience peace. I would guess that's true for so many of us in this room. We long for that. And when we don't experience it, we ache. Maybe you, maybe you have it all together. Maybe you, you have peace and things are great. But I would challenge us that we live in a world where there are so many people who that's not the case. And we ought to ache for our neighbors who long for peace. In fact, this is what Luke chapter 10 is all about. Jesus is going to send the 70. Joey introduced us to this passage last week. And there is a message of peace that believers are called to share. And so Jesus is sending his followers. I believe he's sending us in this room into a world that is longing for peace. So I'd like to read in Luke chapter 10. I'll be reading from verses uh, 5 through 11 in continuation of what Joey shared last week, Luke chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, it'll also be in the screen behind me. Luke uh, chapter 10, verses 5 through 11. Uh, Here's what it says. It says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, It will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Verse 9, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this. Know that the kingdom of God has come near. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Almighty God, what a joy and what a privilege it is for us to gather, whether in person or gathered online, focusing our attention on you. But Lord, we also recognize that we live in a world that is aching and longing for peace. And so as we read the scriptures, as we experience the truth of the gospel, may you transform us for the sake of the city we live in, for the sake of this world. And in so doing, Lord, may we 
carry this message of the gospel, this message of peace. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've been saying and as Joey shared, our our vision and, and mission of this church is clear. We are a body of believers being transformed by the truth of Jesus Christ, and we desire to to reach our neighbors with that truth. And so this passage serves as our guide. It serves as a model for how we can be sent. Jesus is equipping his first disciples in Luke chapter 10 on how to approach people with the truth of the gospel. But in 2021, I think many people would ask, is that even appropriate? Should we take the message of Jesus into the neighborhood? Should we take the message of Jesus and reach our neighbors? Many people say that's inappropriate. Silence yourself. Don't say anything. That's what you believe. Keep it to yourself, but don't you dare share that. Should we take the message of faith and communicate it publicly for the world to know and believe? And so for too long, I believe the church is losing its voice. Much like a person who's singing and screaming at the top of their lungs, they lose the ability to speak. And I, I, I'm concerned that the church is losing the ability to say stuff, especially in the context of a world aching, in the context of a world longing for peace, where everybody has something to say. I wonder what the church is going to say. And so in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, this is what Jesus is doing. He's preparing his people to go out. And so if we are going to respond to this idea of being sent, what Joey spoke on last week from the beginning of Luke chapter 10, the verse 3 verses, uh, you got to see what Jesus is doing, the big picture. So if we're going to be sent, I think one of the first things that need to happen is we need to shift the way we think. We need to reframe the way we think. This is what happens in Luke chapter 9. If you remember, in Luke chapter 9, we see three problems with the disciples. First, they're prideful. If you remember, in Luke chapter 9, they're they're having an argument over who's the greatest. And so that is an argument. I mean, that is the problem of pride. And and not only are they prideful, there was this concern of tribalism. They stopped someone because he didn't follow with them. If you remember, in Luke chapter 9, there was a guy who was casting out demons, and they say, Jesus, we tried to stop him because he doesn't follow with us. And so Jesus is getting at the root of tribalism and saying, don't get so caught up in your camp that you lose sight of other people working for the ministry. And then just after that, they're heading through Samaria, and the Samaritans, there's issue with the Jews and the Samaritans, and the disciples ask, Lord, can we just call fire down from heaven and get them? They wanted vengeance. And so in Luke chapter 9, we see the disciples prideful. Who's the greatest? We see the disciples uh, 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 tribalism, and this guy's not with us. We need to stop him. And we see them wanting vengeance. And so before Jesus sends them out, he deals with that. He says, if we're going to be sent, we need to shift our thinking. We need to be humble. We got to be willing to cooperate with others doing the same work. And we got to seek mercy. So in Luke chapter 9, Jesus is preparing them, preparing us by reframing how we think. Then it makes sense that in Luke chapter 10, he sends us. And so with this renewed mindset, with with this renewed mindset, with this shift in thinking rooted in humility, cooperation, and mercy, Jesus sends us as agents of peace. Do you see it in what we read in verses 5 
through 7. Jesus says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. But so we are agents of peace. And so at the, at the, the heart of being sent, at the heart of us being obedient to what Jesus is calling us to do, we have a message of peace. Peace to this house. In so many cultures, that's how you greet one another. Shalom. Salam. There's this peace to this house. And that is a radically different message than Jesus' contemporaries. Because the last thing they wanted was peace. Remember, the Jews at that time were an oppressed people. And so they weren't looking for peace with the Romans. The Jewish people, as we saw in in, in Luke chapter 9, the Hebrews of that day, they were at odds with the Samaritans. They did not want peace. But Jesus says, when you go, go with a message of peace. The contemporaries wanted all-out war. They wanted a revolution, but not so with Jesus. You see, Jesus knew intimately of God's love. Jesus knew intimately of the abundance of God's grace. Jesus, for all eternity, existed within this triune dance filled with love. This is why the scripture says God is love. And so as such, he sends his followers with this very same message. And he comes demonstrating God's generosity and his grace. And to experience his love is the very essence of the peace we are to declare. It's shalom. That's what Jesus says. When you go, seek the shalom. Speak shalom. Speak peace over this house. And for the ancient Jew... Shalom meant the flourishing at all levels of life. That when we are sent, we are sent with that intent, peace of mind, peace of heart, peace within the body, political peace, social peace, cultural peace. That's what it meant to seek the shalom of the city, to see and desire to see people thrive. Jesus literally is sending his followers out with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and a desire to see people thrive. And so we too, we are sent into the reality of people's lives. We are sent into their fears. We are sent into people's stress. We are sent into people's chaos with a message of peace. I would dare guess that so many of us know many people going through a tough time right now. And imagine God might be sending you with this message of peace that I desire to see your good. And again, this is rooted in the grace of God. This is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that we can be conduits, agents of this message of peace. That literally we can enter into any situation. And not only can we, we should. We should be the ones to be at the front lines with the answer. But in order to do that, that's why there has to be a shift in thinking. Because again, if we're prideful, if we, we want to you know, keep to our own camps, if we want vengeance, we would never want to see anyone thrive but ourselves. 
And that's challenging when you have to kind of get out of your own self and live for the betterment of others. Just yesterday, we had picked up a daughter. My daughter, she went to, uh, uh, pray for me. This is a side note. My daughter was born in 2005. Does anyone know what that means? Has nothing to do with the sermon, but this is where you can pray for me. She's, yeah, she's turning 16, so guess what's happening this year? Everybody's having their sweet 16. So like every weekend, I'm doing sweet 16. I'm done. Pray for me. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we picked up our daughter, and uh, I had happened to ask about a, a mutual friend one of the moms had, and, and this person is just going through a difficult time. And so then inside, I'm like, okay, I want to go back home. I kind of want to just like, okay, thanks for sharing. See you later. Hope the Lord uses you to do something. But I remember last week's message, you know, pray, God, where are you sending me? And I just, I couldn't leave it alone. And so our, our family, we, we made a detour to go, go to stop by and see this person. Friends, that's what, that, that's what this life is about, getting out of our places of comfort for the sake of people, they're, they're longing for this. People are hurting, and everyone has an answer. Or everyone's saying what they should do. We're the only ones, I would dare say, with the truth. The truth of where true peace comes from, meaning good or bad, whether it works in my favor or not, there is a peace that surpasses all anyone can understand, and it's gifted by Jesus Christ. That we can enter into these environments and say, hey, I I understand, I'm empathetic, I, I see the difficulties. But friends, if we don't, if we don't begin journeying with others, if we don't respond and, and, and prayerfully ask God, who are you sending me to? Who might I partner with? So many people will ache and long for what we have. See, that's what Jesus does. Jesus enters into our situations as the Prince of Peace. Jesus will wholeheartedly enter into racism. Jesus will enter into political turmoil. Jesus will enter into the lives of those going through a pandemic. Jesus will enter into violence. Jesus will enter into our hatred. Jesus enters into our darkness. And the darkest thing that any of us could ever experience, the very thing called death, Jesus enters even that. And he declares victory. He is the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm getting tired of the same thing. Each week, it's another this. It's another this. And, and, and everyone else has, here's what needs to be done. We try that, and it doesn't work. Look at what Jeremiah says, Jeremiah 6, verse 14. He says, they have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace when there is no peace. That's what Jeremiah said in the context of an aching world. He says, man, everyone else is, they're they're, they're lightly tending to the wounds of his people, saying, peace, peace, and there is no peace. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing solutions where there are no real solutions. What you getting tired? All we got to do is pass this law. All we got to do is do this tending lightly to the wounds of humanity, saying, peace, peace. And there is no peace. 
all these promises, and still we don't find peace. We don't find shalom. We're not thriving as a people. Jesus has a better way, but includes you. That's the scary part. I think we all will readily admit Jesus has a better way. Jesus has the true offer of peace, of shalom. Where it gets scary is when I don't end the sentence there and say, but it includes you. He doesn't need you, but it does include you. And so in the midst of an aching world, you must sense the urgency in this passage, meaning we don't have much time to like contemplate, should I or shouldn't I? No, we go. Right, Joey mentioned it last week. There's this urgency. He says, when you go, don't take money with you. Don't, don't worry about your shoes. Don't worry about your, your money sack. In fact, when you see someone along the way, don't even greet them. You are on a mission. Find the brokenness in this world and declare peace, the peace that Jesus offers. Friends, we are ambassadors of peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when we talk about uh, uh, going. There's this essence of intentionality, spending time. Jesus says, don't go from house to house. He says, remain in that house. So meaning we, we, we're going to begin journeying with folks, and we might spend the rest of our lives on that journey, helping them to discover the reality of Jesus Christ. But it's well worth it. Because when he says remain in that house, he's alluding to that another thing we ought to learn is how to be neighborly, right? We need to be neighborly. And interestingly enough, after this passage, guess what is the passage at hand? The quintessential passage on being neighborly, the Good Samaritan. That's what we're going to talk about next week. And so we are to invest. And if we shift our thinking, humble, cooperative, seeking mercy, if we are sent with this great message of peace that only Jesus offers, then the mission is simple, which brings us to the crux of what we do and what we say. Verse 9, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom has come near to you. That if we understand a, a new way of thinking, if we understand the mission as it relates to this is the message, we do two things. We heal the sick and we say the kingdom of God has come near. Again, when I say heal the sick, I'm not saying you need to go out there and like, like just like do like a hocus pocus thing. What I believe Jesus is inviting us to do is to find the brokenness that is near you and do something about it. And as you're doing something about it and people ask, why are you doing this? Oh, it's simple because the kingdom of God has come near to you. Like that's the mission of the church. We look for the broken areas of this world. We do something about it. That's bringing healing to this area. And then we proclaim why we're doing it. Because the kingdom of God has come near to you. What does that look like? It looks like the pantries. Right? There, there was a, a COVID hit. And then... Um, People, a lot of people lost their jobs. Being able to go to the grocery store became very difficult. And so there was brokenness in this region. And as Joey mentioned, Kathy Metzger and a team saw this area of brokenness. And so now they said, we're going to do something about it that's healing. And then when cars are coming by and we're doing good in this city, and they ask why? Because the kingdom of God has come near to you. 
this is when we see like in the, there's a, an environment where maybe uh, uh, the students aren't, aren't achieving well in school. So there's brokenness we see. So we say, you know what? Like we did in Newtown. This is what we're trying to do and see happen in uh, Robinwood. It's like, okay, let's set up tutoring in those environments. Because in setting up tutoring, we're helping fix the brokenness that exists. And when people ask, why are you going into the neighborhoods to tutor? Because the kingdom of God is now here. That's the opportunity that is laid before us. And so once again, I, I re-ask the question, where is God sending us? What is the area of brokenness that you see that God might be sending you in to do something about? Heal the sick in it. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come. So I go back. Should we say something? Should we share what we know? Absolutely. I believe we have answers. I believe Jesus has solutions. But for far too long, the community of faith has been banished from public conversations. And, and we do well to pray. I mean, that's, that's Luke 10, 1 to 3. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, right? But then the next thing is now you answer that prayer by being obedient and going. So we can't run away from this. So many think that religion or, or, or faith is the problem in the world today. We, many people think because of the rules and the rituals of, the, uh, of Christianity, it's tearing the world apart. I would say, look at history. <laughs> it's not religion. It's not the community of faith tearing this world apart. It's the lack of that voice. So friends, we have an incredible opportunity because it's Jesus who could truly bring people together and it's only in Jesus that we can truly experience shalom. So I want to ask us to pray as we prepare ourselves to culminate this gathering in communion and just ask, Lord, what am I seeing? What are the areas of brokenness that I'm seeing that you're sending me to? And let's just spend a few moments just considering where the Lord might be sending us to. Again, it could be huge. It could be extraordinary or it could be very ordinary. It could be simply a mom and dad saying, you know what, I'm going to spend this season investing in my kids. It could be uh, partnering with what's taking place in the neighborhoods, the pop-up pantries. It could be in starting new things, new areas of brokenness. Maybe you see that there's a need uh, uh, to partner with people that are uh, just trying to learn how to do marriage in a way that is honoring to God. And so it's, you know what, I I'm going to enter that area of brokenness and Experience peace. I just want to give us a few moments. I'm going to invite our worship team uh, back up. And just ask the Lord. And what we want to commit ourselves as a church to do is to equip you to be obedient and to respond to Jesus. So let's just spend the next few moments asking Jesus where he's sending us. So, Father, I pray you would speak with clarity, that our eyes might be open, our ears might be hearing where it is, who it is, 
what it is you're sending us to do, Lord. We are a community of believers being transformed for the sake of your work in this city and beyond. And so, Lord, enable us uh, to be agents of this wonderful message of shalom only found in Jesus. Pray and ask this in your name. Amen. <laughs>